Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have a very special guest, although kind of seen to, you're like a co-host now, you're part of the family now. But I have Catherine with me, who is our newest coach. Hello and welcome. Hello, everybody. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. And it's also very odd kind of being on the other side of the podcast because I am so used to listening to it. Do you think we have the same accent? Yeah. So are people going to be like, who's talking? Are <laughs> just you from Oxford? English. No. No. Just generic from, English. Yeah, I'm from like Loughborough, Leicester. So it's okay. like the Midlands. You don't sound like you're from Loughborough. Mm. Mm. I have a weird accent because I moved up I moved up to Sterling like 11 years ago so sometimes I have a bit of a twang a little twang certain words isn't it do you know what I've noticed that I say very Scottish is podcast because I think I would say no I can't think podcast <laughs> podcast would podcast, be like darling. natural you know you know darling but podcast is like the Scottish one I think I've never noticed the difference. Can't say and that. people always get me to say fork, and I don't understand how else you would say fork. I'm trying to think of words that I say when I'm back home, and people are like, oh, you sound really Scottish. Do I you can't... know what the most common one I get is? Diluting juice. You don't say that in England. Nobody says oh, yeah, it. Cause... And they're, they're like, what the hell's diluting juice? I'm like, juice that you dilute? Oh, squash. <laughs> Yes. Yes, yeah, squash. 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 Also known as diluting juice. <laughs> okay, so let's just start. I know this is the shitty question, but a little bit of background about you, and then we've got a topic that is very good to get onto. Okay, awesome. It sounds good. I have. I was. I was saying to Emma before we jumped onto the podcast that I'm really bad at talking about myself. Um, and when anybody asks me to do that, I just freeze and I forget everything about myself, um, which I'm sure lots of other people do. Maybe that's oh, yeah, just me. I'm exactly the same. I'm like, so, uh, yeah, I'm a personal trainer and that's about it. <laughs> I'm not interesting at all. <laughs> um, so I have written down some bullet points. Just oh, good, case. good. I just like to forget. Um, so, yeah, I started online coaching in January this year. So I am actually quite relatively new to the online coaching scene. Um, I have been part of Commit to Six since last summer. Um, it's been a massive part of like my my lockdown life. Um, and I work also at the University of Stirling. So I work at their new sports centre, which opened back in November time. Um, and I've been in the role that I'm in just now for about five years. So I kind of, it's, it's a pretty cool role. Like I'm really passionate about it and I really enjoy it. Um, I get to coordinate fitness classes, organize like weightlifting courses. I manage the gym staff um, and basically try and find like new and exciting ways, ways to engage the students in sport and physical activity. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and I think like in the last sort of year, it's obviously been really challenging with lockdown and the facilities being shut, but we've had like this awesome focus on opening this brand new building and I've been like a massive part of designing the gym. Um, so that was really exciting. That kind of got me through this last year. Um, before that, before I started working in that role, I did like all of my fitness qualifications and I was working as a lifeguard, believe it or not. Um, before that I worked as like a administrative assistant in an office, but again, it was still within the sports center. So it was all kind of like sport oriented and I kind of saw like, 
all the background that goes on behind like performance sport, which was pretty cool. Um, I moved up um, to Scotland from England 11 years ago. Um, and that was to study at the University of Stirling. So I did sport and exercise science like you did, Emma. Um, it was like the course at Stirling is very like biology oriented. And I remember studying like worms and soil and all of that and being like, what is this? Like, I want I want to get into the nitty gritty of like sport. Um, but yeah, I did, did that. Um... That's interesting. So I looked at going to Stirling and I think most sports science courses actually do that as in you're effectively doing basic science courses and then you sort of have tutorials to apply it to sport in some way whereas Mm -hmm. edinburgh was applied sports science so everything was already applied so we didn't actually do that much like basic science um Mm -hmm. it was all very applied already but yeah interesting that's quite cool a lot yeah a lot of it was broken down into modules for us so it was all like animal biology and cell biology. And then it wasn't until like third and fourth year that we did more applied stuff. Um, but that was when it got really interesting. It is um, good to get a broad foundation though, I think. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because then you can apply. Yeah. It makes things, more things make sense, I feel. Yeah. Like that- I had to, after I finished sports science, I went and worked in diabetes and I like had to go back and learn a lot of basic science and that was because it was almost like you had like some of the upper knowledge but with like no foundation of of like basic I don't know cell division like we hadn't covered yeah. cell division or like DNA replication we didn't do that so I was like yeah. oh god fortunately my mum's a scientist so just like that's awesome teach me. Yeah. my uh my dad um uh he used to um lecture in mechanical engineering so he's kind of like a sciencey person as well but it's like the opposite end of the scale it's nothing to do with like biology it's all like machines and lasers and stuff yeah, so that's, oh, really that's cool. quite cool though yeah so i've always had him around to like be like the smart one in the family to look up <laughs> in a way and then um, so what got you into obviously you've moved slightly into like one-to-one coaching and like one of the main reasons that it was it's so good to have you on as a coach is like how involved you are in commit to six and that you like really like are the you have the same ethos there you've obviously just finished eiq nutrition like all the knowledge is there and we're very aligned in the way that we coach is very similar um and like the amount of support that you gave in the group anyway like without even being a coach so i'm very excited for it but i know that there was a sort of transition a couple of months ago on, on into online like what sort of drove that was it just like a natural progression or yeah it's something I've wanted to do for years so when I first started in my role uh, in my current job I kind of wanted to do online coaching and I never I never really had like the confidence to do it or like the self-belief or and I kind of felt like I didn't really have the right knowledge to actually do it at the time and kind of when I look back at it I don't I don't regret not doing it three or four years ago and I think I've learned a lot since then and it's made me kind of like the coach that I am today um so it's something that I've just been putting off and waiting for the right time but obviously there never is a right time and then I made um, you do it <laughs> yeah so thank you <laughs> Okay, so yeah. that was a lovely introduction and everyone will get to know you throughout numerous podcasts anyway. And yeah, let's start with this really good question. So we were talking about what we wanted to discuss today and there were a number of things, but 
but I think then Simon from the Commit Six group put something up and we were like, ah, that's actually a really good point and touches on a lot of things we wanted to touch on. So I'm going to read out a post from the Commit Six group, which is quite long, but I think it's useful to kind of get where a lot of people's headspace is. I think a lot of people will resonate with this. So it says, morning all, happy Sunday. Sorry, this is a long post. Um... I'm going to sort of paraphrase some of this. I would love to know some of your thoughts on this. Oh, no, wait, maybe I should read that bit. Okay, so (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about why I train slash exercise and what my goals are, and I have got really overly confused and just have loads of questions now. And then he goes on to describe, like, his different goals. So he's got performance goals. Um, this is my aim at the moment and one of my goals is a sub 20 minutes 5k run really though I'm not sure why I want to achieve this is it for the personal achievement is it to tell other people I can do it what happens when I get it will I be happy what is the point of this goal secondly I have appearance goals I want to look good again this is for me oh this for me again though is oh sorry (laughs) again though is this for me so I feel more confident and happy question mark is it to look how I think I should look is it for others is it worth the sacrifice of the hard work it requires and would I actually be happy even if I looked how I wanted and then for enjoyment I really enjoy exercise especially weight training so should I just train for enjoyment do there even need to be goals? If not, then there is no self. Im- if not, then there is no self improvement. Should self improvement always be part of the process? And then finally, health obviously a massive part of exercise. However, I really enjoy training, so would it? So I would do it anyway. And I feel like I would get the majority of the benefits here, regardless of other, the other goals. Does being able to run a twenty minute five k make me healthier? Probably not. Would getting into the physical shape I want make me healthier? Again, probably not. So those goals are not really aligned with any health improvements. Therefore, are any other goals necessary? I guess the whole point is thinking about goals and what I actually want to achieve. I'd love to know how you view it and why you have set the goals that you currently have. There's a lot to unpack here. That is beefy. Mm -hmm. beefy. I mean, the the first thing to point out is this is massively overthinking, but actually quite useful, like useful in a way that like you should kind of be asking yourself these questions and questioning all these things. But I do think and I, you see this quite a lot with people who start questioning themselves is then you start questioning everything. And I'm not sure everything needs to be questioned. And I'm not sure everything needs to have a reason and I say that as a very like logical rational person who likes to know the why behind everything but there isn't always a reason for everything like the most common question we probably get asked on commit six or just generally as coaches is like why did the scales go up 0.25 kilograms yesterday and I'm like literally nobody could know that there is no reason like it could be water it could be because you've not been to the toilet it could be your stress like it's such a small thing there doesn't need to be an explanation for it mm-hmm. and I think you can quite quickly get overwhelmed with sort of asking yourself 
the why to absolutely everything. Yeah, it's like going down a rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah. You ask yourself one question and that leads you on to something else and something else. And I think it's really good that Simon's been really like thoughtful about this. And I think it just shows that he really cares about his goals and what he's doing. And in a way, I suppose it is good to question the processes. But yeah, I agree. Like it kind of is potentially massively overcomplicating it when it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And and then you start questioning yourself and then you're like, well, it, that's kind of one way to like break your motivation is to be like, <laughs> this goal is really stupid. I mean, you can make anything seem trivial. Like even if you're like, I don't know, one of the highest paid football players ever, but then you break it down into, oh, I'm chasing around a bag of air. What the, What's the point of this? <laughs> yeah. Like everything seems trivial if you break it down enough. And then we would do nothing. So I think but kind of be yeah. wary of that. But I do think it brings up some really good points. So one of them is the notion that you always need to have a goal. What are your thoughts on that? I saw that you'd commented on it and said, what What was it you'd said? I was thinking about this so much this morning. Uh, uh, I think I said something. Uh, who you become doing hard things is more important than achieving the hard thing yes I totally agree with that definitely and I think you'd mentioned something about like goals not being necessarily like you don't actually need a goal but I do think having a goal is maybe like the catalyst for change when you need to make changes to like realign yourself with your values which is one of those words that's being thrown around quite a lot at the minute in in fitness so yeah I do think that it's funny, isn't it? Because it's always changing as well. And I see it as like, a, like we're all very naturally inquisitive and maybe like these goals that we set is a way for us to explore who we are as a person in a way, mm-hmm. um, in that sense. And they always change. Um, I so mean, it is interesting to, to like it. question why, like if you're like, okay, why don't we run 5k in a certain time? It quite it is quite interesting to question why it's like okay well what like what am I going to get from that is that and it can just be as simple as like there isn't I've kind of figured out there isn't a real reason but I just want to achieve it it's just something I've said I'm going to do and I want to do it and actually I'm going to enjoy the process of doing it and and who I'm going to become doing that like doing mm-hmm. hard things will teach you a lot of things just generally but sometimes you realize that it's like oh no I I want to look a certain way to impress someone else and then it's like why are you looking to impress that person and if they're purely impressed by how you look is, like is that even what you want anyway and mm-hmm. then you start thinking okay well maybe that isn't the case and I think we see that a lot with people who don't reach their goals or often find that they're doing things that are counterproductive to reaching their goals and some people would call that self-sabotage but I think Shona made a really good point that she's like, I don't think that term is useful. And I I kind of agree. But if you find that's happening a lot, a lot of the time that is because you don't really want the goal or the reason why you're sort of driven towards the goal probably isn't your own values. It's someone else's or it's societal norms or there's something missing there. Like it's incongruent with, with your values. Yeah, there's that external pressure from elsewhere. Yeah, and you think that that's what you want, but is it really what you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so there's that. And then 
do you have any like physical training goals at the moment yeah so I have a couple of performance goals so um Shona is my coach at the minute so she's one-to-one coaching me um so we're working on my pull-ups at the minute so actually this is probably like quite in context with the post that Simon's put up so my goal was to be able to do 10 pull-ups at the weekend I was like I'm going to test myself and see how many I can do and I managed to get in nine and I was like oh my god this is amazing I messaged Shona and was like I've just done nine pull-ups and already I was like right what's the next thing what can I do next and I kind of like almost I hadn't even reached the goal yet though like I hadn't even got 10 it was nine and I was like right what am I on to next I think that's just sort of me as a person but yeah that's one of my goals at the moment I I think that's so interesting right so there's two ways you can look at that and we sort of discussed this before in that you'll meet that goal and then you won't celebrate it because you're like, oh, now, because I've got in the back of my head, actually, now my goal is 15. Mm-hmm. So I think that in some ways it can be a negative in that you don't celebrate your wins as much. But I think in other ways it can be a huge positive. Like I see this in business all the time when people are like, oh, there's no way I could grow my business to that extent. And you're like, yeah, because from here to there seems massive. But actually, as you get closer and closer to it, like your level of what you think you can achieve just increases all the time. And I actually think that's, that's a positive that's a good thing because you've got this most of us even if we don't admit it have a glass ceiling in our head of like "Mm, I could probably do that but I definitely couldn't do that and then when you do that first thing you're like oh maybe I could do that next thing and in some ways I think that's really useful but as long as you're still celebrating that first thing before you just move on to this is easy now and I'll just move on to the next thing and I think most of us are probably guilty of that yeah I would say so I'm I'm yeah definitely very very guilty of that and that's a very good point um what was what was I going to say I can't remember what I was going to say anymore so we were talking about the the pull-up goals and I mean I don't really have any physical goals at the moment and this is the other thing that so for me like my goals are mostly business related now um but it could be that I don't know you want to get a promotion at work or you want to be the best parent you can possibly be And now the way that exercise and fitness and eating healthy and looking after yourself fits into that is that if you do all of those things and stay fit and healthy and focused, that will allow you to reach your goals outside of that Uh like area. So for a lot of us, and I mean, we're slightly different given that we work in health and fitness. So it's quite normal for us to have some health and fitness goals most of the time. But for a lot of people, it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, I wanted to lose some weight, but now I've done that and I'll stay active and I'll stay healthy, but it's not like I don't have huge performance goals or I don't want to build a huge amount of muscle. I just want to stay fit, healthy, happy and be a great mom and do really well at work. And like maybe your goals have moved to sort of out with it always being focused on nutrition where that, and this is where I think a lot of people get stuck because initially we get people who come to us who have struggled their whole lives losing weight. Now, they do focus quite hard on that, like over the, say, six weeks. Maybe it's six weeks, maybe it's 12 weeks, maybe it's six months, where they're really sort of learning about nutrition, learning about exercise. That does become a large part of their life, not because it's not because they have to sacrifice the rest of their life for it, but because it's new, it's interesting, and it does require effort. Like, as much as people are like, you can have it all, like, yeah, you can, but it requires some effort. So that's probably taking up, if you think of like, 
your brain power. Like it's probably taken up a significant amount of that each day to think about which foods they should be eating, to learn about these things, to figure out their habits or, or their behaviors because they haven't become habits yet. But as that becomes more and more habitual and it almost becomes like second nature to you, you don't need to put as much brain power into it. And I think that's often where people get stuck because then they're like, right, what's next? How can I make my diet more and more perfect? Mm-hmm. And that's where you're like, mm, disordered eating habits come in or you over diet. You're like, oh yeah, I'm getting so good at weight loss. Well, weight loss is always the goal and everyone's congratulating me on it. So I'm just going to keep losing weight and weight and weight. No, no, no. There comes a time where more weight loss is not what you want. And actually there comes a time where these things should be becoming a bit more habitual because it should be becoming like almost like second nature to you. And then you've got all of this brain power that you can put elsewhere. So you can have goals yeah. elsewhere. And I don't think the goals necessarily have to be like all the goals that Simon listed are, you know, performance, appearance, enjoyment of exercise, health, all great goals. But maybe you're like, I kind of got this covered. Maybe I want to like focus my energy on another area of my life, which I could improve now. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was a really interesting lecture that we covered in EIQ was about that shift and that holistic approach and actually spending less time and energy on potentially your diet and your exercise and shifting that and focusing that on maybe family life or looking at where you can go in your career. Um, and I certainly think that I found that as being part of Commit to Six, I came in originally wanting to lose some weight. Like I have, I've never been overweight, um, but I wanted to get leaner and that was a vanity goal. And that's absolutely fine because that was where my sort of values lied at the time and that was okay. But then as I kind of got closer and closer to that goal, I then shifted my focus more to like my work and then building my own business and like all these other things kind of came with that and that focus on fitness and health and exercise and my nutrition kind of shrunk I suppose and then my energy went elsewhere um yeah and I think you yeah you realize what you can achieve as well elsewhere from the confidence you get from being strong being lean and and actually just generally doing things that are hard like fat loss is hard especially for a lot of people who have struggled with it for a long time the self-confidence you get from finally managing to do that I think it's bigger than like almost any achievement purely because it's so personal to you like it's not like a lot of achievements are although they're you like they're external to an extent like getting a degree is quite external the way that like your body is is so internal like you can't cheat your way to an impressive physique it's much like I mean even if you're looking at someone will be like what about steroids even then like the people I know who take steroids train harder than anyone else I know like it's not like you can take a drug and suddenly have an amazing physique you can't like yes there are ways of cheating to an extent but like not half of what people think and yeah I think that just shows a hell of a lot about someone and their discipline that then can be used in other areas of their life as well and I think it's why a lot of really good sort of sports people become very good business people because there's a lot of transfer in in just applying yourself to something um anyway yeah and I guess just to go over that part I wanted to cover like once you've mastered a skill 
and by skill here I mean like your nutrition you shouldn't have to constantly think about it it should start sort of ticking over in the back of your head um I rarely really have to think about my nutrition at all anymore and it just kind of happens on its own and you might focus on different aspects now and again depending if your goals change depending if you need to iterate little things to keep you around maintenance but even if you think about it as like when do you remember when you learned to drive mm-hmm. and like I remember literally sweating like changing the gear and then like trying to get onto a dual carriageway and I was like so tense and shaky and like yeah th- and that's kind of how you like, are like you're a- signal what maneuver there's so many things to do how and what are my feet meant to do like oh my god the clutch like oh no i've stalled (laughs) yeah there's so much to do and your brain's like in overdrive and i think that's how people feel when they first start tracking they're like oh my god this this and this and i've got to get my steps in and i've got to go to the gym and i've not done this exercise before and like it does feel quite overwhelming to start with and it's it, like we always try and reassure people I'm like give me two weeks of like just just do it for two weeks and it will start to feel so much easier and I know it's overwhelming at the moment but these things will all fit into place and you'll barely have to think about it exactly the same as driving right now you don't even think about changing the gear it just like it happens on its own so that's a, maybe a good way to think about it yeah agreed Okay, what else do we want to cover? Um... Okay, right. So there was a bit of an exchange that I want to get your thoughts on. So my one of my thoughts when I was reading this was, and we kind of touched on this, but I actually think that goals can hold you back. Mm-hmm. And that realisation that it's who you are, or who you become in the process of reaching your goals that's far more important than actually the goal itself which which has been pointed out a couple of times already like can be quite arbitrary like running a 5k in a certain time like why 5k why a certain time it doesn't doesn't really have huge meaning to it except that it does to you and actually who you become and the confidence you gain from achieving something that's hard that's the important part and so um Simon replied saying so from that point of view would you suggest that the goal itself doesn't particularly matter and my point is I mean yes but also no so yes in in the sense of like it doesn't it doesn't really matter as long as it matters to you so that's where it does have to matter so if you gave me a goal and we come to this quite often as well don't we with clients who are like oh what do you think my goal should be now and I'm like I, I don't you you goal. tell yeah life. yeah exactly yeah. you tell me what your goal is and I'll help you get there that's how it works mm-hmm. so if if we gave you goals for example that wouldn't work because it wouldn't mean anything to you so that's why you have to come up with your own goals but mm-hmm. but in the sense of the goal doesn't necessarily matter yeah as long as it's like relatively sensible I suppose like this is me just assuming is that when Simon set this goal of running 5k in under 20 minutes, it probably, I mean, it meant something to him at the time of setting the goal. And maybe actually his shifts, he's shifted away from that now. And it doesn't maybe mean as much to him now um, that he's had a chance to think about it, or maybe things have changed in his life, or he's realized things as he's been progressing through 
his other goals over the last what five weeks with five weeks into this mm. round of commit to six yeah. um yeah and I think it's realistic to assume that that might change and be fluid across your life really I suppose yeah I think that not tying your what do you tie things to not tying your like <laughs> my heart heart yeah to a certain goal like yeah. when when actually things might change we talk about that with like scale weight goals as well that like people are like oh I've got this idea in my head that I'll feel this way at 60 kilograms and if you're like 62 kilograms yes. but you sort of feel like you're done and, and everything's perfect but you don't you haven't met your goal yet that is ridiculous that's really stupid like don't tie yourself to that goal for absolutely no reason it's an arbitrary number you've picked out your head that sounds nice that is a battle that I fight with my clients regularly it's like okay so tell me why why this goal is and it's like oh well I weighed this much um when I was this age or I was this dress size when I was this age and I felt good then it's like well who's to say that you will feel good now being in that position maybe you won't and it's more like you say a lot of the time it's a range maybe it's a weight range and even then like it's a number on a scale yeah literally no one cares apart from you and literally no one knows apart from you like you're not walking around with like what you weighed this morning on your head I know I'm not going to be friends with you Emma because you weigh this much yeah I can't believe that you would weigh two kilograms more today than you did yesterday (laughs) the sheer audacity of it yeah I I think that's right but I actually think in this case uh possibly he's ruined well not ruined his goal but like maybe ruined his goal a little bit by (laughs) by just like over analyzing it yeah like it's fine to just be like yeah it's i want to run it in 20 minutes i know that's a pretty decent time to someone yeah like Mm -hmm. it's a fast time it means it means that i'm a pretty fit runner and like it puts me in like this category of that i guess that's what it means right you run it under that time and that means that you're a runner you're not just a jogger like you are a runner yes <laughs> a runner <laughs> you're an athlete simon an athlete but yeah i guess Love. that that may be what it means i talk about this a lot with Emil, like why people want to do certain things with their business or earn a certain amount of money and actually when you keep when you keep questioning it it's like most people are just like it's very similar to weight loss. Like, oh, yeah, I want to weigh X amount. Why? And, like, they never have a very good why as to why they want to weigh that. It's like, yeah, I want to earn 100K a year. All right, well, like, why? Because um, that, like, they, for some reason, deem that as success. Same as, like, weighing 60 kilograms for some people is, like, deemed as success. But what does that mean and what does that look like and how does that translate into yeah. you actually being happier? or more mm-hmm, fulfilled absolutely. or or what doors does that open up for you and maybe you're like yeah I want to earn 100k because I figured out that if I want to travel x amount take x amount of time off get a cleaner get a virtual assistant so that I can take that time off and buy a new car this year then that's how much I need to earn then you're like, okay fair didn't expect you to say that <laughs> there are reasons <laughs> yeah. but yeah, a lot of the time it's just like be... it sounds like a nice number you're like hmm yeah okay yeah. only you can define success yourself like no one else can do it for you can they I yeah. think that's the hard bit though in fact <laughs> didn't he say that somewhere uh yeah like yeah is it su- yeah. what is success will I be happy when I get there what's the point of the goal 
the thing is and like this is again such like cheesy and sometimes useless quotes unless you kind of delve into them a bit but if you're not happy now you won't be happy when you earn 100k or when you weigh 60 kilograms like that isn't the problem there's something Mm. else like you need to figure out what it is why you're not happy in yourself now and it's certainly not how much you weigh boom um yeah what else what other questions did he have i think we'll just finish on the appearance part so he says i want to look good again this is for me so i feel confident and happy um is it to look how i think i should look again i always think should is like a red flag because it feels like it's someone else's opinion or even like that you feel like you have to do something like i know i should feel gratitude okay well that's forced gratitude and that's never gonna work uh Mm -hmm. is it for others is it worth the sacrifice of the hard work it requires and would i actually be happy even if i looked how i wanted i think the and i talk about this a lot but the perception of hard work it requires like one i lean into and anything that's hard turns me on (laughs) that wasn't meant to sound extremely sexual but here we are um so i don't think you should like be put off by the fact it's hard work um but also that's relative as well and i think some people make it out to be much harder than it is so basically knowing simon and knowing that oh look he even mentions he enjoys exercise that would only need to be like a little bit of change between getting closer to his appearance goals and just doing what he would be doing habitually anyway so like Mm -hmm. if he habitually exercised four times a week and but maybe he usually would eat 300 calories more like is it that much extra hard work to watch your diet a little bit more like that's really the difference there isn't it this is quite a subtle difference and then you'll be slowly getting towards this other goal i think it's just not applying that ridiculous pressure on yourself for that for you to reach that point at like a given time Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's that i mean i know we always talk about how you know appearance goals are it's fine to have a vanity goal and to want to look better but I think it's important to understand, like, is that for you or is it for other people? Because if it's for other people, it's not going to make you happy. Um, if it's for yourself, then yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's just something you want to try doing is, OK, I want to see how lean I can get, but within healthy ranges. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, you know, you get like a lot of like people who step on stage and they go through that journey and I mean I have never done it personally I've never got to that point of leanness and challenging myself that much but I can't imagine it would be a challenge but yeah I suppose it's what you see that value is in challenging yourself to that extent um and I know that Simon isn't isn't saying that he that's something that he wants to do but that was one of the things that came to mind for me um yeah I think often the problem with that is that you're then or this is where I see a lot of competitors who really struggle with their relationship with food and more just with themselves really after competing is that you've put so much emphasis on the way you look as your self-worth and like I never competed but I did a little bit of like fitness modeling which (laughs) which always makes me cringe to say 
But do you know what? Um, I was a fitness model, okay? Um, And I, I did put way too much of my self-worth on how I looked. Like, yeah. and, and it was actually quite a short period of time that that happened for me because I was a very fugly child. <laughs> and I Wait, actually did had you get to... that mean when you were a child? Uh, no, I just mean like, so I mean, there was a finite period of time where I put a lot of, I feel like I put too much self-worth on how I looked. Right. Okay. Because as a child, no. <laughs> and then like, Aww. yeah, just a quite strange looking child, basically like a boy until I was like, 15 16 i remember when i was younger i had like a proper like you know like one of those like fringes across there and my hair was all like Bleh. like yeah. i look back at some photographs and i'm like what but so me and my friend have a theory about this that um if you were like unattractive during school <laughs> you actually have a much better personality now it's a, and do you know what think about your friends there's a high correlation here who who of your friends were so it's like, character building is that what we're saying i'm saying it's one it's character building but two i think a lot of really good looking people rely on their looks just to like they're going to be popular because they look a certain way or like people are going to like them because they're pretty whereas if you ain't pretty you've got to be funny or like interesting or really kind or something like you need something else about you so mm-hmm. i think it was a good thing. Anyway, there was a short period of time <laughs> where I was, uh, <laughs> I don't know, mainstream attractive. And mainstream I put like too much emphasis on on how I looked, I think. But I can, I can see how like if you are literally being judged in a bodybuilding show or as a model on how you look, how on earth could you not put some of your self-worth related to that because like so much of the like feedback you're getting from people is you look great or like so much of your success in that domain is how you look like I mean solely it's how you look no one cares what like how nice they are as a person or how funny they are like you're you're not being judged it's not stand-up bodybuilding which would be excellent like it's just you look a certain way on stage like that's it there's nothing else to it I could so, not think of, of anything worse. Yeah, like standing I mean, up on stage and being judged by old men, I'd be like, "Yeah, creepy old men that are like turn around." Lovely. Yeah, um, I can. Yeah, I can see how that happens mm-hmm. for sure. Well, do you know what we've done a really good job of? Ironically, at the start, when we were like, "I think Simon's just overthinking this." Well, <laughs> <laughs> we've done a lot of we've we've dug pretty deep on this. Yeah, we have. I mean, do we have any tangible what? advice for I Simon? Think, I think there's been loads of nuggets here. <laughs> loads of nuggets. I'm just scared of... that he's now, like, really confused. <laughs> now he's like, oh my god, like, questioning his whole life. And to be fair, I think that happens when you start questioning things. Like, you go through... It's kind of like the Dunning-Kruger effect of, like, um, therapy, for example you start asking yourself all these questions and like you maybe go in and you have like your first session you're like oh I kind of know myself like I so I did a block of therapy right and when I first started I was like I kind of know myself like I didn't really need therapy I just thought it would be interesting (laughs) and so obviously I was like at that like peak of Dunning-Kruger which tends to be 
like if you look at it in a different sphere for me as well it was like coming out of uni i was like huh, i know everything now like nothing left to learn and then like a couple of years later you're like i literally know nothing and then i would say now i'm sort of like on the way up again being like i'm i realistically know what i know but know that there's a fuckload i don't know mm-hmm. and that's also that re- yeah exactly that really excites me oh. like i'd be bored if that wasn't the case but anyway i think with with therapy it happens as well because then you're like oh my god who am i like like just have a bit of like an existential crisis and then you start like coming out the other side so my point is you have to go through the shit to get the gold yes yeah agreed and i think that that's a great way to end end the podcast excellent The, the podcast yes the podcast the podcast not the podcast podcast okay if you have enjoyed the podcast and you want to join the next intake of commit to six head to esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six and if you've enjoyed this please tag us both on instagram and make sure that you are following Catherine. and your handle is Catherine care fitness i almost forgot what it was simple simple (laughs) simple simple awesome thank you very much it's been a pleasure thank you We're just going to finish the podcast with our favourite vegetable at the moment. Like, What's your favourite vegetable at the moment? So I think my favourite vegetable right now would definitely be the mighty parsnip. Massively mm-hmm. underrated. Yeah, definitely. Did you know that 100 grams of parsnips has 1.2 grams of protein in? I did not know that. How much is 100 grams, though? Like... That's, that's a lot of parsnips. Is that a lot of parsnips too? Uh, so maybe not a great source of protein. Mm-mm. But what I would say like one of the sweetest vegetables. Don't you think? Oh. Cover it in honey, put it in the oven. Yeah. Well, obviously it's sweet mm-hmm. when you cover it in honey, but like genuinely like if you just <laughs> cook it. Sweet. I, I, I would even recommend. When I, was younger. I what? You I saying... used to hate them, and my parents would sneak them into mashed potatoes to make them to make me eat them. But I would know that they were in there. Oh, oh I think that would be quite good. Oh, yeah. Parsnips within your mashed potatoes. Yeah, mm. I've grown into parsnips. I enjoy them now. I for some reason I thought you said I used to eat raw parsnips, and I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Okay, well, um, there you go, guys. Include your parsnips this week. So the reason that we're talking about parsnips is because I... Well, there are numerous reasons, but (laughs) one of them, I put on my story yesterday about my microwaved carrots. Remember when I went through that phase? Have I ever mentioned microwaved? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's like one of my favourite snacks is a microwaved carrot, okay? I'm very strange. But I got loads of questions about this. Genuinely loads of questions. And I want to explain one of the reasons why I, why like roasted or in this case, microwaved veg is so tasty. So one of the reasons that parsnips are so tasty is because of the Maillard reaction. Actually, it's the Melade because uh, it's a French name. 
But anyway, this is basically the reaction that happens when you heat a vegetable. So it's a reaction between amino acids and reducing sugars, which makes the taste of the vegetable sweeter. And also, not it's not just vegetables, I'm just using that as an example, but like biscuits, breads, um, microwaved carrots, you know, just the usual things. And yeah, it's the reason that your cooked veg generally, especially if it's starchy, tastes sweeter than... I mean, I've never had a raw potato, but I imagine it's gross. And the fact that cooked potatoes are tasty is probably because of the merade reaction. <laughs> there you go. There's a fun fact for the family, guys. 